section twenty three of the central period of the middle age nine eighteen to twelve seventy three by beatrice a lees this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by pamela nagami chapter fifteen frederick the second and the strife with the papacy twelve sixteen to twelve fifty the story of the life and death of the emperor frederick the second eleven ninety seven to twelve fifty has all the dramatic interest of a great tragedy the child of apulia the son of a sicilian norman mother and a german father educated in the half oriental atmosphere of southern italy transplanted while still a youth to the ruder harsher north a genius checked and thwarted by untoward circumstances he embodied in his restless versatile complex nature the very spirit of the thirteenth century keen passionate eager subtle and sceptical the fifty-six years of frederick's life may be divided into four periods each connected with the figure friendly or hostile of a powerful pope in his orphaned childhood and early youth he was the ward and favourite of innocent the third from twelve sixteen to twelve twenty seven he appears as the wily politician skilfully managing honorius the third from twelve twenty seven to twelve forty one he is the warrior entering the lists against the redoubtable gregory the ninth and the close of the half-century saw him worsted in the final struggle with the still more formidable innocent the fourth the childhood of frederick the second king of sicily at three years old was passed amidst stormy scenes contemporary chroniclers give us glimpses of him as a boy carried off by mark wald of ancona and striking his captors in impotent rage or curbing his spirited horse and brandishing his sword in mimic warfare or reading history in the long evenings of medium height but strong and well knit he inherited the fair complexion and reddish hair of his hohenstaufen grandfather barbarossa his naturally quick intelligence was carefully trained and developed under both european and saracen masters and the cosmopolitan court of palermo the trilingual town latin greek and arab was in itself a school of politics and diplomacy of science and philosophy languages and art married at the age of sixteen to constance sister of the king of aragon frederick was crowned king of germany two years later in twelve twelve but it was not till the death of innocent the third in twelve sixteen that he began to rule in fact as well as in name and was able to gather up into his capable hands the threads of many conflicting interests sicilian roman lombard and eastern and to weave them into a strong systematic policy innocent's successor on the papal throne was honorius the third of the roman house of savelli who had been frederick's tutor his heart was set on carrying out innocent's crusading project though the fourth crusade had been diverted from its object soldiers of the cross were fighting in the early years of the thirteenth century against the heretics of southern france the moors of spain and the heathen prussians of the north in twelve twelve and twelve thirteen the strange phenomenon of the crusade of children recalled the extravagant fervour of the days of peter the hermit thousands of hapless children and peasants embarked for the holy land at marseilles 
under the guidance of a shepherd boy of vendome or followed a young german visionary across the alps into italy hoping to reach palestine by way of brindisi many were lost at sea many were sold into slavery in africa while others perished of hunger and exhaustion but their enthusiasm proved that the crusading spirit was not dead and in twelve fifteen after the coronation at aachen frederick the second took the cross to show his gratitude to god when in twelve eighteen the death of otto of brunswick freed him from his once dangerous rival the pope urged him to fulfil his vow and to join the expedition which in accordance with the decree of the lateran council had left europe in the preceding year the king of jerusalem at this time was john brother of walter of brienne and husband of the daughter of queen isabella and conrad of montferrat with the help of a contingent of dutch scandinavian and german crusaders he was now besieging damietta and frederick's arrival in egypt was eagerly expected sicily and the empire however were more to the son of henry the sixth than the needs of the holy land or even his plighted word he had promised innocent the third to renounce the title of king of sicily to confer the kingdom on his young son henry to be held as a fief of the papacy and to keep the sicilian kingdom and the empire apart yet in twelve twenty he induced the german princes by lavish grants of privileges to elect henry king of the romans and in the same year he crossed the brenner into italy was crowned emperor at rome and persuaded the pope to allow him to hold sicily for his lifetime on condition that the personal union of the two crowns should not become a real administrative union of the german and sicilian kingdoms in return frederick made extensive concessions to the papacy the clergy were exempted from taxation and lay jurisdiction all municipal statutes and customs which were opposed to ecclesiastical liberty were annulled and the secular power was placed at the disposal of the church for the extirpation of heresy in addition the emperor renewed his crusading vow meanwhile the crusaders in egypt had won damietta only to lose it again frederick instead of hastening to the rescue occupied himself in subduing a revolt of the saracens in sicily and won the pope's unwilling consent to the postponement of the fulfilment of his pledge finally the emperor took an oath to start in twelve twenty seven on pain of excommunication married as his second wife yolande or isabella daughter and heiress of john de brienne and in her right assumed the title of king of jerusalem the preparations for the long delayed crusade were approaching completion when in march twelve twenty seven honorius the third died and was succeeded as pope by a kinsman of innocent the third the aged but fiery and resolute gregory the ninth twelve twenty seven to twelve forty one in august twelve twenty seven frederick the second set sail from brindisi for the holy land three days later on the pretext of illness he returned to italy and was forthwith excommunicated by the pope nothing daunted he started again in june twelve twenty eight and reached acre in september the military orders held aloof from the excommunicated crusader the friars preached against him and many of his followers deserted him 
public opinion was still further outraged by the means he took to gain his ends he entered into negotiations with the sultan of egypt and induced him to grant a ten years truce and to cede bethlehem nazareth and jerusalem to the christians with the exception of the mosque of omar on the site of the temple on march eighteenth twelve twenty nine frederick marched into the holy city as king and on the following day since the patriarch of jerusalem would not crown him he lifted the royal crown from the altar of the church of the holy sepulchre and placed it on his own head without prelate priest or clerk he then took ship for italy and arrived at brindisi early in june even before his departure for palestine the renewal of the quarrel between empire and papacy had led to the issue of manifestos on both sides while the imperial partisans had stirred up so fierce a tumult in rome that gregory the ninth had been forced to fly from the city while the emperor was in the holy land the pope was preaching a crusade against him at home the papal troops with the keys of st peter on their banner led by john de brienne the ex-king of jerusalem and by two cardinals invaded southern italy and the mendicant friars exhorted the people to maintain the cause of the church but when frederick returned he quickly recovered all that he had lost and in twelve thirty the pope accepted the peace of san germano and released the emperor from excommunication the next five years were the most tranquil time in frederick's troubled life when an interval of comparative peace allowed him to regulate the internal affairs of his empire and to prove himself a statesman of no mean capacity in sicily he ruled as a beneficent despot and established a strong centralized absolute government three things he said himself ought to go hand in hand learning law and arms and these three he gave to his italian subjects he provided himself with a valuable force of mercenary soldiers by transporting large numbers of rebellious sicilian saracens to the mainland and establishing them as a military colony at lucera in apulia he founded the university of naples and patronized the school of medicine at salerno learned men jews arabs or europeans crowded his court among them the famous astrologer and translator of aristotle michael scott he was himself a poet and wrote verse in the vulgar tongue so that dante could see the source of italian poetry in the sicilian court if in this he resembles the royal troubadour richard coeur de lion in his administrative ability and activity he recalls richard's greater father henry of anjou or his own grandfather roger of sicily like them he was an organizer and a unifier bringing different laws and customs greek roman or lombard into harmonious order in twelve thirty one he issued a celebrated series of ordinances from melfi the constitutions of the kingdom of sicily for the better government of his dominions nobles ecclesiastics and cities were subjected to the high courts of justice and finance and the grand justiciar made an annual visitation of the kingdom to supervise the local officials justices financial chamberlains camerarii and bailiffs representative general assemblies foreshadowed a parliamentary system the towns were placed under royal control and everywhere 
the king's hand was heavy on the feudal nobles royal grants of land were resumed royal castles overawed the country while feudal dues were strictly exacted feudal privileges were curtailed ecclesiastical jurisdiction was regulated and constant aids and subsidies filled the king's coffers very different was frederick's policy in germany where he bribed the princes with concessions and privileges to support the ghibelline house and encouraged the tendency to feudal disruption and the rule of the aristocracy the year twelve thirty one which saw the issue of the sicilian ordinances saw also the promulgation at Worms of the statute in favour of the princes statutem in favorum principum which gave almost complete judicial and military independence to the territorial magnates lay and ecclesiastical and restricted in their favour the liberties of the imperial cities in twelve thirty two also a severe edict was directed against the german communes and confraternities the long absences of the emperor gave further opportunity to the nobles to extend their power the young king henry the seventh was formally crowned in twelve twenty two and the government of germany was carried on in his name but after the assassination in twelve twenty five of his wise counsellor engelbert archbishop of cologne the pillar of the church and the shield of the state the country fell into utter anarchy aggravated by the terrible persecutions of heretics which frederick had sanctioned to win the approval of the clergy henry the seventh weakly ambitious and impatient of his father's authority tried to organize an opposition party by allying with the towns and the smaller nobility against the princes in twelve thirty two the disagreement between father and son ended in an actual revolt but henry was easily subdued and condemned to perpetual seclusion in apulia where ten years later he died his place as nominal ruler of germany was taken by his young brother conrad son of yoland of brienne frederick the second reached the climax of his power in twelve thirty five when after his marriage with his third wife isabella sister of henry the third of england he held a great assembly at mainz where peace was sworn ancient laws were established and new laws were decreed an attempt was made to give germany a centralized judicial organization on the sicilian model but the confirmation of the sovereign rights and privileges of the princes prevented any effectual administrative consolidation the real development of germany in the thirteenth century was social and economic rather than political provincial rather than imperial the quarrel with the welfs was healed and the heir of henry the lion was established in the new duchy of brunswick the king of denmark was forced to cede the lands he had conquered in the north and a way was opened for further expansion toward the east the marquises of brandenburg won and colonized pomerania the military order of the knights of the sword conquered livonia and Kurland. the great teutonic order with which the knights of the sword were subsequently united abandoned the defence of the holy land the work for which it had been founded in the twelfth century to support the poles in the subjugation of heathen prussia and hermann of salza the grand master of the order the loyal friend of frederick the second received from the emperor 
a confirmation and extension of the grants of prussian territory already made by the polish duke to the teutonic knights meantime in spite of opposition the german cities grew in wealth and independence the old german laws and customs were written down in the collections called the sachsenspiegel and the schwabenspiegel and the writings of lyrists like walter van der vogelweide and romantic poets like wolfram van eschenbach gave literary distinction to the german language while great princes like hermann Landgrave of thuringia the husband of the holy saint elizabeth and frederick duke of austria posed as the patrons of men of letters and surrounded themselves with minnesinger and courtly satirists if in sicily frederick the second ruled as an absolute monarch and in germany as the feudal chief of a federation of princes in both kingdoms by coercion or conciliation he had made himself master defeat and tragic downfall were to come to him from his north italian dominions from the lombard cities and the ever hostile papacy as early as twelve twenty six the cities of northern italy uneasy at frederick's growing power in the south had renewed the lombard league and had been put to the ban of the empire in twelve thirty four they had supported henry the seventh in his revolt and had recognized him as king of italy in twelve thirty five henry again solemnly renewed the league the society of lombardy the march and romagna societas lombardia marcia et romanae while the emperor declared war upon them in the assembly at mainz in twelve thirty six he crossed the alps into italy to avenge the wrongs of his father and grandfather and to root out the hateful plant of liberty in the war which followed milan was the leader of a strong anti-imperial party while frederick was supported by pavia parma cremona and a few other cities and by the powerful Ezzelino da romano the lord of verona the city which commanded the road from germany to italy over the brenner pass in twelve thirty six the imperialists sacked vicenza and in twelve thirty seven they won a great victory at corte nuova between brescia and milan the milanese carroccio was taken and dragged in triumph by an elephant through the streets of cremona with the podesta of milan bound to the standard pole it was significant that frederick whose soldiers had gone into battle crying rome and the emperor miles roma miles imperator afterwards sent the carroccio as a gift to the romans the league would now have made peace had not the emperor demanded such stringent conditions that the milanese chose rather to perish sword in hand than to submit brescia made a heroic resistance and in twelve thirty nine the pope openly declared for the cities and excommunicated frederick in letters and manifestos both parties appealed to public opinion and once more the kingdoms of europe took sides in the duel of empire and papacy frederick wrote to the princes of christendom describing the pope as a proud priest and false prophet and reminding them that in an attack on one of their number the honour of all was concerned gregory compared the emperor to the beast that rose up out of the sea in the book of revelations and accused him of blasphemy and heresy for two years the war raged with extraordinary bitterness frederick stirred up strife in rome and the papal states while gregory tried to rouse discontent in germany 
venice and genoa lent their aid to the papacy but on the whole fortune favoured the emperor and in twelve forty only the unusual loyalty of the romans to the pope prevented the imperialists from entering the eternal city when in twelve forty one gregory summoned a general council to meet at rome the imperial fleet captured the genoese ships in which the foreign prelates had embarked and took prisoner so many of the ecclesiastical dignitaries that the council had to be postponed the milanese were defeated by the citizens of pavia and encouraged by these successes the emperor again advanced on rome and was within sight of the city when he heard of the death of the pope gregory the ninth had nearly reached his hundredth year when indomitable to the last he succumbed to age and infirmities with the enemy at his gates an intrepid politician a zealot and persecutor a great canon lawyer with a profound belief in the papal supremacy his struggles with the rebellious romans who more than once drove him from the city and the long war with the emperor could not shake his courage or bend his iron will he is dead wrote frederick the second who deprived the earth of peace and by whom discord flourished celestine the fourth the pope elected in gregory's place died before he could be consecrated and for a year and a half the papal throne was vacant then it was filled by a friend of frederick the second sinibaldo fieschi destined to become famous under the name of innocent the fourth frederick's exclamation on hearing of the election i have lost a friend no pope can be ghibelline was probably put into his mouth by later historians yet it expresses the truth after some feeble attempts at making peace innocent the fourth fled to genoa and retired thence to lyon where in twelve forty five he held a general council in which sentence of excommunication and deposition was pronounced on the emperor for breaking peace with the church for sacrilege in taking prelates prisoner on their way to a council for heresy and for perjury day of wrath and day of mourning dies ista dies irae cried the imperial advocate thaddeus of suessa as the pope and the assembled prelates reversed and extinguished the lighted candles they held and declared frederick excommunicate what audacity said the emperor when the news was brought to him and placing his crown on his head he added i have not yet lost my crown nor will i lose it without a bloody struggle once more pope and emperor appealed to europe frederick denied the papal right of imperial deposition innocent insisted on the elective character of the empire and on the pope's power to bestow the temporal sword on the emperor which carried with it the power of deprivation the attempt of st louis to act as mediator proved a failure and the last fight began in germany the young king conrad the fourth aided by the archbishop of mainz had held his own in spite of papal intrigues and the terrible raids of the tartars upon the eastern frontier in italy frederick's illegitimate son enzo had been married to a great sardinian heiress and was governing italy as his father's vice-regent with the title of king of sardinia the papalists now elected an anti-king in germany henry raspa landgrave of thuringia and on his death in twelve forty seven they replaced him by william of holland a regular crusade was preached against the emperor and the mendicant friars actively supported the pope in italy a conspiracy gave the papalists the ghibelline city of parma the key of the road to rome 
and when frederick blockaded it the besieged by a daring sally set fire to the town of vittoria which he had built outside the walls seized his treasure and forced him to retreat this repulse was the turning point of frederick's fortunes the first of a succession of reverses his trusted counsellor peter de la vigne who held the two keys of the emperor's heart was accused of treason disgraced and blinded and in despair committed suicide his favourite son the young and gallant enzo was taken prisoner by the bolognese and condemned to lifelong captivity but the imperialists continued to hold out bravely in northern and central italy and frederick himself in his southern kingdom gathered his saracen troops about him and was preparing for a final attack on the states of the church and lombardy when death cut short his hopes and plans he died on december thirteenth twelve fifty at his castle of fiorentino near lucera guarded by saracens and tended by his illegitimate son manfred and by the archbishop of palermo thus he whom men could not overcome was conquered by the divine power at this time wrote the english chronicler matthew paris died the greatest of the princes of the world frederick the wonder of the world stupor mundi the marvellous revolutionist imutator absolved from the sentence which bound him in the habit it is said of the cistercians and full of contrition and humiliation the papal historian on the contrary describes him as dying excommunicated and deposed gnashing his teeth and foaming at the mouth with loud crying and groaning he was buried in a splendid tomb by the side of his parents in the cathedral of palermo the capital of his beloved sicily the phrase stupor mundi the wonder of the world well expresses the feeling of the contemporaries of frederick the second toward the great emperor otto the third had been a world wonder too mirabilia mundi a marvel of precocious talent but the genius of frederick the second inspired terror and awe men stood amazed and stupefied before him and regarded him as something portentous and almost superhuman to the papalists he was an atheist a monster of iniquity antichrist himself he was accused of denying the immortality of the soul and the resurrection of the body of rejecting the mystery of the incarnation and of believing only what could be proved by physical science and natural reason he was said to have declared that the world had been deceived by three impostors moses jesus and mohammed in later days dante in the divinia commedia placed him in hell among the misbelievers yet even his enemies admitted his extraordinary ability the franciscan fra salimbeni wrote that if he had been a true catholic and had loved god and the church few emperors would have been his equals his followers seem to have looked on him as a kind of messiah a mystic incarnation of divine power they compared him to christ and punned on the name of his minister peter de la vigne the cornerstone the fruitful vine the peter who would not betray his master he himself spoke of his mother as holy and called his birthplace bethlehem and he was hailed as sanctus Fredericus. how far these claims were serious how far they represented mere extravagant adulation is doubtful frederick posed deliberately as the successor of the ancient roman emperors 
the heir of all their rights and dignities but he always professed his loyalty to the church which had excommunicated him though he advocated ecclesiastical reforms and in particular a return to apostolic poverty the primitive church he said was based on poverty and simplicity if his tolerance of jews and mohammedans his rationalism and love of scientific study were enough to condemn him in the eyes of the orthodox the visionary poetic strain in his character and his daring intellectual originality fascinated the imagination of the dreamer and the fanatic men were loath to believe that he was really dead the prophecies of the abbot joachim were applied to him and it was believed that he would come again whether for evil or for good as antichrist or as the defender of the church and the saviour of germany he was more than once personated by impostors and in the fifteenth century legend told how he waited hidden in a thuringian mountain for that day of the deliverance of germany modern historians differ in their judgments of frederick the second almost as much as the men of his own time to some he seems a sort of protestant reformer like henry the eighth of england subordinating the church to the state others see in him a precursor of the sceptical cultivated autocratic princes of the renaissance others again an oriental despot a kind of caliph or pope emperor supreme over both church and state but on one point all are agreed he whose heart beat only to be lord and sovereign of the whole world was the last of the great medieval emperors and with him closed the most heroic and most characteristic period of the middle ages end of section twenty three